teenager or whether you're an adult child. Get all that you can from your heritage. Listen to every story that you can. Ask every question from your parents and your grandparents that you can because you may not always have them. And so get as many stories as you can. Get as many uh, cultural learnings as you can because you will not only integrate it into your life, you will pass it on from generation to generation. And while the younger son got his inheritance already, it's spent. But the older son got a heritage and he's going to get the money too. All right, so as we sort of turn the corner here and move toward practical applications, let me just give you something I think it's going to help everybody in the family. I want to give you four practical applications for healthy family dynamics, okay? Four practical applications for healthy family dynamics. And here's the first one. Are you ready? Adjust your attitude toward your siblings. Adjust your attitude toward your siblings. Your imperfect siblings are still your siblings. Just like the parents have grace for each of you, you have to have grace for each of your siblings. Now, of course, I don't know your family, and I don't know your crazy siblings, and I'm sure you have good reason to have some contempt for them. But what I'm saying is just like the father wanted his son to have a, make an attitude adjustment, I'm saying to you as a spiritual father, if you'll allow me to have that role in a minute, uh, for in this moment, adjust your attitude toward your siblings. Family really matters, friends. It really does. And sibling rivalry is something that the devil revels in because he knows that it breaks up the family and he knows that it kills the hearts of parents. So even if the relationship is a bad one or maybe a sibling is toxic, adjust your attitude to one of prayer and not one of contempt. Maybe even for some of you, you ought to call and just check on your brother or your sister. Here's a second practical application. Serve your father and family for the right reasons. Serve your father and family for the right reasons. In verse 29, it says, but he answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and, and never obeyed your, disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. In other words, yeah, you've been slaving, but you know what? You did it for the right reasons. You do it for your father. You do it for your family. You don't do it for pay. You know what? And I think for all of us, we've got to remember, serving in the church is one thing. Serving in the world is another thing. But serving your family and serving your father and your mother is a great privilege that God gives you for a period of time in your life before they pass on. So you do it not for pay. You do it not for a young goat or a fattened calf. You do it because it's the right reason. And listen to me. Obedience doesn't always give us an immediate gratification we want, but it is the right thing to do, and it will get us many rewards and great testimonies on the earth in the future. And you need to understand the, the stories of dynamic turnarounds of repentance are great, but let me tell you the benefits of obedience over time. While there are dramatic stories of God saving many of us, while there are dramatic stories of prodigal sons coming home, and yes, while the heaven celebrates over the repentance of 
One sinner. Long obedience produces one thing that he or she doesn't get. They may get gratification. They may get a life of partying. But the one thing the prodigal doesn't get that the kid who stays home, the one who is faithful, the one who is loyal, the one thing he gets and he hasn't lost was his peace. Because obedience brings you peace. And that boy never had it until he came home. And the other one never lost it because he stayed home. Peace is what the younger son lost. See, sin may bring all those other things, but long obedience in the right direction brings peace and calm that money cannot buy. And many people will give up peace for the party only to realize how much they have squandered and lost and broke along the way. Serve your father, your family, for the right reasons. Let me give you the third of four applications that you can practically apply. Here it is. This one's for parents, actually. Instruct your children toward what is right. Instruct your children toward what is right. Jesus then says to the, uh, in, in the passage in verse 32, but we had to celebrate, this is what the father is saying, but we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. In other words, he's still your brother. You see what the father did? The son first said, this, this son of yours. The father says, this brother of yours. Yeah, he may be acting crazy, but he's still your brother. This brother of yours is still a part of our family. And sometimes as parents, you've got to instruct your children, even against their own emotions. You know what's right. And sometimes you've got to correct them and instruct them. All parents, you know, know that, man, instructing your children toward what is right oftentimes can bring a sense of correction that kind of hurts you because you know it hurts them, but you know it's the best thing for them. You know, instructing kids is, is something that all of us have to do from the time they're younger, and then when they, even when they're older, you instruct them, and then after a while, you just coach them along the way. I remember... And I was talking with Amber uh, just last, last night about this. We kind of laugh about it. But when the two boys were much younger, probably like elementary school age, Luke, the younger one, would always push Isaiah to the limits. He'd always bug him, bug him, bug him. Luke didn't have that many friends in the neighborhood that was his age, and so he always wanted to hang out with his bigger brother whenever friends came by. And because we were instructing Isaiah that you're supposed to be inclusive of your brother and let him tag along with you, and, and if he hits you, you can't hit him back. I mean, that was just kind of what the big brother role had to be. There were times when Luke would, would just uh, go overboard. We often laugh as a family now how Luke used to use Bible verses to send. Like, he'd be on top of Isaiah, just hitting Isaiah, and we're telling Isaiah, don't hit your older brother, don't hit, I mean, don't hit your younger brother. And so Luke would jump on top of him, and he'd start quoting the Bible as he's punching his brother in the arm and in the chest, and, you know, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And we would just start cracking up, but there were times that it just really bugged Isaiah, so Amber said, and she talked to me about it, she said, I think we ought to let Isaiah hit Luke. 
right? We ought to let him hit loose. So we talked to Isaiah and said, listen, the next time Luke hits you, you're allowed to hit him back. Now, you can imagine Isaiah's like, what? Hang on. Are we in the twilight zone? Like, what is this? No. Really? Are you serious? And his question was, how hard can I hit him? And my wife said, not too hard, but just enough to hurt him. You can't hit him in the face, but just enough to hurt him. And when we were reflecting on this yet again last night, one of the reasons that my wife was reminding us why we did this was because Luke was thinking that Isaiah didn't have the capacity to hit him back. Because he had been taught that he could not hit him back, Luke translated that into he's not, not only not allowed to, he's not capable of it. And so one good hit would remind him, right, that, that, that you know, this is not a, a, the kind of behavior that you should be doing, taking advantage of your kind big brother. So sure enough, the next time it happened, clock, Isaiah hit Luke. Amber reminded me last night that since then, they never really fought again. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, I don't know if this is good instruction or right, bad instruction, you know, that you instruct somebody, look, finally just, just punch somebody. I don't know, but every family has their own instructions, but this is how we did it. But one thing we do know, uh, and as you saw in the video, these brothers love one another. And that may have solved that problem, but what I'm saying to you is parents have a role to try to instruct, try to direct, and have wisdom along the way. In that case, it worked. I'm not saying it's a parent's manual, and you should do that with your children, just to be clear. Let me give you the fourth and the final practical application. Here it is. Acknowledge the negative impact your behavior has had on your family. If you're the rebellious one, whether younger or older, Acknowledge the negative impact your behavior has had on your family. Because when we act out, we don't realize the negative impact it has on our siblings, on our parents, on their finances. Apologize if appropriate. Tell your parents how much you appreciate them. We get texts all the time and phone calls all the time. My son, my older one, called me last night my, uh, to... to just congratulate me for an honor that I had. My, my, my daughter gave me a great big hug and posted something on Instagram. My other son, Luke, texts as well, and he texts all the time saying, thank you for being my parents. Thank you for the way you raised us. I mean, to have our kids thank us over and over again for the way we raised them. Only those of you who are parents of adult children even know what I'm talking about. But I'm telling those of you who are, who are kids Tell your parents you appreciate them. And if you have made a, an extra hard burden on them, do what the young son did when he came home and he repented and told his parents he was sorry. And if they're not alive, thank them in prayer, even if you can't thank them in person. Well, what have we said as we bring this to a conclusion? Three affirmations of the father. The father affirmed who the son was. The father affirmed what the son did well. And the father affirmed the son's inheritance and heritage. Four applications for healthy family dynamics. Adjust your attitude toward your siblings. Serve your family for the right reasons. Instruct your children toward what is right. And acknowledge the negative impact your behavior has had on your family. These four practical applications 
the starting word for each one actually spells something very special. Listen again. Adjust. Serve. Instruct. Acknowledge. Yep. When you think about it, boys, you thought it was all about you, but then God humbles you and gives you a sister, Asia. (laughs) Now it's all about her. (laughs) Uh, Just a closing story. Uh, Wednesday night, I preached at a church in Capitol Heights, Maryland, and I don't know why the Lord wanted me to say yes to this engagement. I mean, there was no honorarium there. You know, you got you got to go through a process to get me to speak. And this just didn't sort of fit uh, maybe my best gifts. I don't know. But clearly, small, traditional storefront African-American church. I did not know the pastor, never met him, never met his people, didn't even know the church existed. But from uh, certain circumstances, I guess he found out who I was and he sent in a request for me to speak. And usually my team brings those speaker requests before me and we evaluate them with scheduling and time and, and all of that. And, you know, my assistant's like, I know you're not going to take this one. And for some reason, it's like, yeah, I'm going to take it. And this was months ago, but now it's on my schedule. And so now on Wednesday, I'm supposed to show up on Zoom. It was the pastor and his people, about 15 people. And, you know, we went through this hour of preaching, teaching, Bible study, right? At the very, very end, it's time to pray out. So this pastor, you know, the chief apostle was his name. Big title, small church. Big title. And the chief apostle says, now we're going to pray for Dr. Anderson. So thankful that you were here. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you'll come again. I know we're not as big and big churches like yours. They, y'all, y'all bishops and pastors and large mega church pastors never come to places like this. But, 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 but you came. You came, sir. You came. He went on to say, I'm glad on your Zoom it says David Anderson. It doesn't even say doctor. <laughs> I'm like, you don't even know that was a mistake. But anyway, here, here I am praying with them. I got my hands in the air. And this bishop is praying, this chief apostle is praying. And in the middle of his prayer, he stops and he says, Dr. Anderson, i got to tell you something. This has come to me three times now. I wasn't going to say it, but now I'm going to say it. I don't even know why I'm supposed to say it. But Dr. Anderson, I want you to know that God has said to me that your father is proud of you. That your father sees all that you have done and that all that you have built, God wants you to know that your father is proud of you. That man knew nothing about me. My dad who died when I was 21 years old. And while I lived my life, probably in ways that would never make him proud, I've been trying for over 30 years to not only make the heavenly father proud, but to make my earthly father proud. And this big on high mega church pastor who's speaking to this small church received a greater word than they ever did. And I want someone to know today that if you don't know Jesus as your heavenly father, maybe you're out there running like that kid, come home and repent. And even if you're in the church and you seem to be doing everything right, you have a stink attitude. 
Maybe you got to adjust your own attitude toward, toward your siblings, toward other church members, toward God himself. As I close out in prayer, whatever, whatever you need to say before God right now, you say it. I may use certain words, but make this your prayer. Talk to your God. Invite him into your life. Tell him you're sorry for living the craziness you've been living. Tell him you're sorry for the stink attitude that you've had because you've compared yourself. He hears you even now. Talk to him. God, on behalf of my church, my brothers and sisters, we say we're sorry for our sins. We come running to you as you come running to us. And we embrace you back for that great hug of love and acceptance that you're giving us now. As both sons have repented, so we repent as well. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen.